Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hello, writers. Welcome to episode number six of How Do You Write? As I record, it is July 8th, and today's interview is with Wendy C. Ortiz. You are going to really enjoy it. She was delightful to interview. Um, just a little bit about what's going on in my writing life. Uh, I, If you follow me on Twitter, you may have seen my meltdown last night as I realized that my professional email, rachel at rachelheron.com, hasn't been working for a year. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I really feel so stupid. The reason I didn't know it is that somehow when I would test it, when I would send an email from myself, from my regular email box to rachel at rachelheron.com, I immediately got it in my forwarded mailbox. Um, I'm still not sure how that anomaly is happening, was happening. But, you know, every time I would think, huh, you know, I haven't gotten any Facebook ad receipts. I think those come to Rachel at rachelheron.com. I would test it. It would come back and I would think, okay, well, Facebook isn't sending those or iTunes isn't sending their updates. Um, I would send out requests uh, of other authors from my professional email as one does. And um, I would never hear back. And I would just think, well, you know, they're busy. That's that's the way it goes. And um, no, they were responding People, this is, this is, this is terrible. When, uh, the ones who matter most came out in March or April of this year, I, I usually get a couple of emails, you know, saying that I loved your new book. It was fun. Or, you know, I hated your new book or whatever the email is, but I just didn't hear anything. And I thought, wow, it's just not being read. It's not being thought about. And, um, when I found that email inbox and uncovered it, it was not easy to get into. It was over at my new hosting site that we went to last year and I just never turned the email on. Um, they were all in there. Beautiful, beautiful letters, wonderful letters, a couple of, a couple of hate letters, but those always make me laugh. So those are, those are actually fun to find, especially late. Um, there were media requests. There um, were essay commissions. But the most important thing really was, was reader mail that I had not responded to, that I had just looked like an asshole by not responding to forgive my language, but I'm a writer and I like to use all the words. Um, so that was really distressing, but, uh, I've got that worked out. Um, my virtual assistant helped me out by <laughs> sending apologies. And now, um, I've got, a, that bought me a little time to respond back personally to everyone because I do that. That's really important to me as a writer. I write for readers. That's my full job. It's not to run a podcast. It's not to run a Patreon. It's not to do anything. It is to write for readers. And connection with readers to me is the most important part of my job. Um, I really honor the time that someone spends to write a personal email to me. Oftentimes I hear incredible stories, people telling me their innermost secrets, really, things they may have never told anyone else. And <laughs> for me not to respond, oh, there's really nothing worse. I I, I don't drink very much anymore, but I uh, poured a large whiskey last night while I was starting to deal with this. Everything is forwarding now correctly. If you write to me at rachel at rachelheron.com, I will get it. I know where it goes now. So um, that's my dumb story 
of hopefully the year. Hopefully that'll be the dumbest thing I do all year because that was really spectacular. So now we're going to jump into the um, interview with Wendy Sue Ortiz. I hope you enjoy it. Get to writing and um, don't do things I do. Okay, here we go. Well, I am here with Wendy C. Ortiz, and welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Uh, she's a Los Angeles native. She's the author of Excavation, a memoir, and Hollywood Notebook, and Bruja, which is coming in late 2016. She's been a columnist for McSweeney's Internet Tendency and was co-founder and curator of the Repsodomancy reading series between 2001 and 2015. Did I pronounce that right? You actually did. You're <laughs> one of the few who, who pronounced it right the first time. It's a yeah. fantastic word. Um, okay, I would love to just jump into your writing process. Um, what is the best time of day for you to write? Um, you know, there isn't really a best time of day for me. I know when it's not a good time for me to write, which is usually between 2 to 5 p.m. Why is that, you think? I know that I have like a total dip in energy at that time. Yeah. Like every day. It's terrible. Like if I have to schedule anything, it doesn't really go well because my brain is just cloudy by that point. Right. But when I first wake up in the morning, I always sit down and write longhand, yeah. like two pages. Oh. And it's sort of the, the artist's way, morning pages type uh -huh. of thing. Um, but I don't really follow the artist's way or anything. I just have always found that that was super helpful. Right. So I know that that's a good time, but I'm not trying for anything in particular. I'm just getting out the junk, you know, that like accumulates every day. Right. So, you know, I it changes all the time for me. Like lately I've been trying to write again really late at night, which is unusual for me, but different things happen. So I feel pretty open That's to different times of day. Excellent. Um, what I, I'm, I, I love the morning pages, but I get kind of jealous of that time that I spend on it. I want to do, you know, work on a book or something like that during, what do you do with those pages? Because literally I have boxes and boxes and boxes of these pages. And I, I cannot figure out what to do with them. I don't really want to reread them, but I don't want to burn them. Right. Well, I consider it a journal. So yeah. it's never going to be burned. And it's actually stuff that probably 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and I'm going to mine for information and things that I might want to write about. Oh, that's cool. cool. Mine are mostly from the time I was about 18. I, I read that book. Um, it's Julia Cameron's Artist Way. For listeners. Um, and then I did it probably till I was about 27. And I recently looked back on maybe the 21, 22 year old phase. And it was so painful uh -huh. as a 43 year old. Uh -huh. and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I still have all of that. And like, you know, for excavation, I totally yeah. find the teenage journals. Wow. Yeah, I, I saw that close to look yet at the 20s. I know that that's going to be painful to look at. So yeah, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> okay, so you said you write longhand in the morning pages. Um, when you're doing your writing for publication later or or potentially publication, what do you do? You do longhand first computer? What program do you like? It really depends. I don't I actually don't feel like I start anything longhand anymore that way. Yeah, like I may write some notes or something. But um, if I know that I'm going to be writing something specific for publication, I do tend to start on the computer. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have lots of pages of handwritten notes. So, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. Do you and collect also, them in one place or are they just kind of scattered? Then I have a lot of different notebooks. I have like so many different notebooks and I wish that I could kind of get them all under control. And I have this fantasy of like, 
one day having an assistant who will index them for me so that I can know exactly like where to find certain things, certain themes, things like that. Right. Um, because I have so many notebooks. So yeah. I, yeah, it's kind of a mess that way. I started indexing a few years ago, just, oh. um, when I would write something in my, in my Moleskine or whatever, I, I had the pages number. And then at the beginning of each Moleskine, I put what pages I have things on and it has come in handy hundreds of times. I didn't think it would actually help. And it, and it helps all the time. So I can recommend that. I know (laughs) almost like having an assistant, not quite. I still can't find the things I'm looking for. (laughs) Okay. And where do you write most and why? Um, I probably write most at my little coffee table in my living room. Mm -hmm. I have like this low coffee table. I have a cushion that I like to sit on and that's where I do the morning pages. And I also find that when I have to actually write something that has a deadline, I do find myself in that same place just on the computer. (laughs) So it's like I have a big picture window and on Instagram, I actually post every day the picture of the notebook. And it's like this weird way of keeping me accountable. And also people have said like, oh, that really inspires me. So now I feel like I must do this every single day. So wherever I am, I take that picture of the notebook. But you know, nine times out of 10, it's at that little coffee table. And I have this big picture window with like a beautiful view of like palm trees and, you know, houses across the street. So it's a really nice place to sit and write. I am immediately going to follow you on Instagram as soon as we (laughs) hang up. So because I need that kind of inspiration too. And how do you fill the uh, creative well when you're running dry? I think that it happens in a lot of different ways, like certainly reading other people. Like I'm always trying to read two or three books at a time. Um, and that does a lot for me. I feel like if I'm, I feel like there are some writers that I read for whom I feel like, Ooh, I want to have a conversation with this person. And the conversation I'm going to have is just going to be me writing some kind of response to what I'm reading and Mm -hmm. not necessarily sharing it anywhere, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, having that like connection So that does a lot for me, certainly going and seeing art, which I don't feel like I get to do as often because I have a five-year-old and it can be tough to like maneuver, but we're going to start doing that a lot more, I think, because now she can really handle it. Um, But doing things like, you know, going to, going to museums, going to see films, which is another thing that I don't get to do as much as I'd like, but every time I go, I'm so energized, you know, it's like, I know that I miss that and I need that. Um, and then I go hiking three times a week. And that to me is like, if I don't have that, the well starts to feel dry. Mm. Like I get a lot of work done in my head when I'm hiking. That sounds like a fantastic thing to do that I would like to steal. Yeah. You know, it always turns but, out that I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, so, you but, know, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that like, if I get into a rut, no matter like a good one or a bad one, it will stick. And this is like a, an interesting rut in that I like have to go three times a week. I take the same exact route. I really don't. Do you go by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you yeah. listen to anything while you're, while you're hiking? Or? Yeah. I always listen to music. I have to listen to music. Yeah. I don't listen to podcasts or anything. I usually, I, podcasts are for at home when I'm doing laundry and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm stuck in that's the only place I can really listen to podcasts, but on the trail, I'm listening to music. That sounds, I think I might do that this afternoon. Thank you for that. Um, what secret writing tip of awesomeness did you discover the hard way? Do you think? Maybe I think that that's 
probably something about like getting so excited about publication and wanting to put more stuff out there. And sometimes stuff is not ready to go out there. Um, and I can be like years too early for things to go out there. And I can mm -hmm. look back now at my publication history and go, Oh, right. I remember when I sent that out and the feeling that I had, but it was too soon. And sometimes it takes me five years to figure out like, Oh gosh, that shouldn't have gone out back then, you know? And that's, that's a hard thing to realize. And you know, it, when I was in my mid twenties, I was just like, I need to get stuff published. I need to get things out there. And now I kind of look back at some of it and I'm like, Oh, I wish that you would have waited. And so now I have a little bit more patience. Now I'm willing to just say, you know what, sometimes it's going to take 10 years for me to digest something and write it the way that I want it. And don't try to, don't try to make that go faster. Like just sit with it. Just let the stuff sit for a while. That's beautiful. I wish that there was something because I think writers are really prone to that over eagerness in that we finish something and it can't get any better. Right. And then of course it will. And it does. Yes. But yes. at the moment you finish it or, you know, finish this draft, you think it can't get any better. And I would like to see some kind of product, like the thing you stick in the Turkey, the flag uh, that pops up and tells yeah. you when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so like lately I've been just carrying around a poetry manuscript that like two months ago, I was like, Oh my God, it's done. And of course it's not done. You know, like it came like together in like two weeks and I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. <laughs> and it's not done. And so what I've been doing is just like physically carrying the papers out like it's in a binder clip. Mm -hmm. I carry it around with me and I just think about it and I don't touch it. I don't try to do anything with it. But that feeling of like knowing it's with me, it's moving around in the world with me. I'm thinking about it. I will get back to it. It does not have to come out this year. It does not have to come out next year. I want it to be ready. Well, you're, well, re you're really making it a part of yourself, too. I think that's beautiful. Thanks. I really like that. Can you give us a quick craft tip or something? Um, a quick craft tip. I'm always, like, at a loss for craft tips. That's a really tough question for me. Um, I don't think in terms, really, of craft yeah. anymore. And I think that's just because, like... I've been overloaded with craft tips and now I don't even know where the ones that I use have come from. Although I will say that I did learn something that I still think about a lot from Lydia Yuknovich. I worked with her in an online workshop and we were talking about writing endings. Mm -hmm. Writing endings are so hard for me. I don't know how, like, I don't know how endings come together. They just, it, it feels like magic when they come together. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that she talked about was um, looking at endings as a kind of death of something. Um, and she, you know, she elaborated much more on that, but that image and that feeling, I think about a lot when I have to come to uh, put together an ending. It's like, okay, death, like how does this die? How do I make this transition in this certain way? Um, so it, it's kind of, it, it feels like a little bit of an elusive craft tip and it doesn't belong to me. It's definitely Lydia's, but I think about it constantly when I'm writing endings. I think that that is fabulous. Um, and I think of, I think of the midpoint as a, I like to put a death of some sort, usually at the midpoint of my novels. Uh -huh. And I'm constantly thinking about that. And I, I think that that would work really, really well for endings, which are, like you said, magic. I can never get to them until yeah. I've done a, a few drafts and then I just kind of tumble down the hill and it land on top of them. <laughs> 
But uh, that's really beautiful. Thank you for that. Okay. And um, what would you like to plug right now? Tell us about um, something that's coming out or... Okay. Well, I have like a couple of things I'm really excited about. Um, One is that I'm going to have some poetry coming out very soon in Juked Magazine online and in Shabby Dollhouse, which is also online. And then at the end of October, my book Bruja will come out from CCM, which I'm super excited about. I'm a little bit like, I'm a little nervous because this book is definitely the most unusual of my books. How so? So it's it's called a dreamoir. And so basically, you know, I'm used to writing memoir, but this is a dreamoir. So it totally takes place in the alternate plane of dreams. And it includes all of the characters that I've written about in my books and my essays, because they were all people in my life. But this is what we did in dreamland in my dreamland. So it's technically fiction, because it didn't actually occur, but they were actual dreams that occurred. So I have no idea how people will approach this book, but I'm excited to see what will happen. And I'm really happy that CCM is taking a risk with this book. You are literally creating a genre. I, <laughs> I, I love that. Is it available for pre-order yet? Can I put links on oh, show not notes? Yet, okay. Soon, hopefully. As soon as it is available, because people will go back and listen to this podcast in the future, I will have the um, links for order on the show notes. Oh. And where can people find you online? Where can they go to? People can find me at wendyortiz.com, which is sort of, you know, the basic website. But I also have what I think of as a public notebook on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. Everywhere. I'm, I'm easily found because it's basically my name everywhere. I don't use any other handles. It's always Wendy Ortiz. So I have wendycortiz.tumblr.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, yeah, so pretty much anywhere. I, I can't really get on to Snapchat. It's like I'm not... It's not working for me. So I refuse. That's the one thing I'm going to refuse about because I think what I've heard is that you have to respond to people individually. And I just do enough of that everywhere else. I know. I don't want Snapchat. Yeah. Although the faces you can make are really funny. I know. That's like the filters are the, are the one cool thing that I see there. I know. Well, thank you, Wendy. It's been a total delight talking to you. And so I will let you know when this is live. And um, right. I hope that you have a wonderful day writing and Likewise. Thank you, Wendy. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, where I live, or Facebook, where I don't, and look for the show notes and more fun at howdoyouwritepodcast.com. You can also support my Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a dollar an essay. Just go to patreon.com backslash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L, and now go to your desk and perform some of your own feats of writing daring do. Create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.